Boom. And Bodo. This is Reboot Biblical Perspective Talk Show streaming live on the internet on Kingdom Purpose TV and Radio from the Twin Island Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. We are right in their way. <laughs> right, where we are approaching New Testament via the ancient Hebrew perspective of the scriptures, and we are also now approaching current societal world challenges um social challenges as well as highlighting how jesus fulfilled the scriptures and how we approach these social challenges through the lens of rabbi yeshua by reliving the perspective of rabbi um, of rabbi yeshua in the scriptures and we do all of that via step-by-step -step verification or, or rather step-by-step -step verified or pragmatic and experimental research carried out under the Zain K. Kitura International Institute of Pneumatology. Yeah. I just want to take it before we actually do anything as as is our as is our norm we would like to to actually give a huge shout out to Kingdom Purpose TV and radio and to everyone joining us in Kingdom Purpose um, on Kingdom Purpose TV and radio joining us on our youtube channel and also joining us on our facebook platforms if you would like to actually interface with us or ask us questions we encourage you to actually make your way to our youtube channel that's zki international institute of pneumatology or you can join us on facebook at life mindset mentors on facebook and we will answer your questions live and direct I'm your host, Zainel Fuego, the Christ Pneumatologist, and co-hosting with me, of course, is the lovely... I am Lady Ketura, High Priestess of Yahweh Elohim. So, today is a very exciting topic, Zain. It's on something that has been affecting lots of people, um, whether directly or indirectly, depending on where your position or your stance is. This is dealing with sexual orientations, hmm. perspective of sexual orientations, God, and Christianity and this the thing is, is this is not only just just that this is actually also a very controversial topic indeed <laughs> so i think it's i think it's necessary that we actually jump into this in particular because um many people find themselves in positions where they are not sure how to interface with it because they are uncertain what is the biblical perspective of dealing with it and you know one of the things that stands out within the religious sector in particular is that god is love that is commonly taught and a lot of people question this i've personally had inter interactions with those who identify with sexual orientations that are not accepted within christianity and the they question if god or the christian god i have to say based on where they step is love 
then right. why is it that these communities that are being formed that are actually fighting for their rights to be accepted are being shut down and scorned and condemned and then on one hand you're saying well god loves everyone your next hand you're saying god love is god's love is conditional you know mm. so a lot of people have many questions as to how to approach this there are some people who are family members who have chosen to divert from the norms or the the norms of what the society has accepted or had accepted yeah. and they find themselves not too sure how to interact with whether it's their son or their daughter their niece their nephew their aunt their uncle even mother or father who have chosen to become a part of a community that christianity does not accept right right so if you fall into any one of those categories to our dear listeners we encourage you to stay with us because before we finish this particular episode you will have a much clearer understanding as to what is god's perspective on this yeah. and i dare say that this is not what we're about to share in this discussion is not religiously influenced it's scripturally influenced <laughs> there is a difference <laughs> and not to mention that um what we're actually saying here comes from a very uh, uh, uh comes is actually born out of our research at the international institute of hematology yes that was pragmatic well over thirty thousand hours i think by now we actually at thirty-five thousand hours mm-hmm. um but well over thirty thousand hours of pragmatic and experimental research that took a very empirical approach to scriptures um and we through that process we're able to actually identify a lot of the doctrinal stances of our westernized community as erroneous yeah right and we hold on to it with conviction but unfortunately it is not functional right what we are the international institute of pneumatology we approach the scriptures as a source of spiritual physics not and i repeat and emphasize and assert emphatically that that we do not approach the the the, the, the biblical literature as a source of doctrine now through our research in particular we have been able to identify not only the ancient hebrew principle of the scriptures which by the way is the priestly perspective of the scriptures and the reason why we're actually emphasizing the priestly perspective of the scriptures because if you have if you whether you're a theologian or you're not a theologian you should it, it is actually evident in scriptures that the only persons that really taught scriptures within the scriptures and when i say scriptures we're referring to the old testament here what we know as the old testament were priests and the reason for that is because it's simply that the priests in particular their vocation their job their job their only responsibility as priests or the foundational responsibility was actually to work out the name of yahweh as a lifestyle to work out the name of Yahweh Elohim as a way of life. And because all of the scriptures are actually spoken through priests, prophets, um, and, and, and persons that walk in the name of Yahweh, the priests in particular were the only ones that can actually give context to the scriptures. And this is something that is unknown in our westernized culture. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, our research at the International Institute of Pneumatology has actually proven and I say this, emf- and I assert this emphatically, it's actually proven that Yeshua did breathe the breath of life into all humanity. We can prove that experimentally and pragmatically 
that Yeshua has the breathed breath of life into all of humanity. And therefore, the terms believer and unbeliever will be the one, the person actually believes that Christ is in them. And the unbeliever is the person that has not believed as yet that the breath of life that they're breathing, the title of that breath is Yahweh Yeshua. So we approach this today, yes, with, with the highest reverence for our body of Christ and for our fellow Christian community and fellow Christian brothers. But one of the things in particular that actually came out of that research is the, the nature and function of God. And that all humanity, as, 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 as the Apostle Peter actually put it, that, that there is no other name that has been given to humanity through which they should be saved. Mm -hmm. Right? Through which they should be saved. Right? And that and salvation, you know that we know that salvation in scriptures actually has two principal meanings. One was actually the destruction of the of the end of the age, which we're not going to get into today. And the second in particular was being saved from death. Right? So when it comes to when, uh, when it comes to this. Through the name in particular that Yeshua himself, Yahweh Yeshua himself, well, Yeshua himself walked out. He walked in the name of the Father, which was actually named Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim. And he proved that by actually reliving the narrative of writing on the stone, being presented by John as a new Moses. He wrote on the stone, reliving the narrative of Moses writing on the stone in the name of Yahweh. And so if that is the case, then we know that Yeshua, who is also presented as a priest in the Gospels, and also post, um, post, post, post cross, exalted as a high priest, according to the Lord of Melchizedek, is therefore walking out the name of his father as a lifestyle, as a way of life. And one of the things that we actually came to into one of the most significant findings at the International Institute of Pneumatology is that those of us who actually consider ourselves the body of Christ we in particular even the thoughts within the westernized community we have actually taken on a commitment to take on the name of yahweh yeshua as our own and to work that out in the title of our breath and which also defines the nature and function of the energy of our breath or the energy of our spirit just like a law of physics and the physics the law of the physics of the law of physics of gravity the law of aerodynamics such as laws of physics the name of God determines the law of the physics of the breath that you're breathing, and it is self-existently eternal and authoritative power. But the reason why this is actually significant, especially within this modern era, with these social issues, is that if you if, if any of you in particular had the opportunity to listen to last week's episode where we spoke about racism, in the same way, if the breath of life is breathed into all humanity. Therefore, itself, therefore, the name of God it determines the function of the spirit of all, the breath of all. And it also establishes the rights of all. And so if one is self-existent, then everybody's self-existence should be respected. This, the nature of the spirit should be respected. I just want to pause a second here because you mentioned something that maybe we have first-time listeners, those who are tuning in for the first time, and they may be a little bit confused when they hear us um, use these terms. When you say that humanity is self-existent, what exactly do you mean by that? 
I think it's beneficial that as explained before we proceed to give more context. That is a that that is awesome. That's an awesome um, question. So the breath of life in particular, we know carries the name of God. Which is why God is identified as God is all and in all. And so the name of the, the name of God in particular, in contrast to our westernized perspective of names that are commonly used as designations, the name of God also determines the function of the spirit, the nature of the spirit. And therefore, God's name, Yahweh Elohim, which means the self-existent and the eternal one and the one of authority and power, determines the functionality of the breath that Yahweh Yeshua, that Yeshua breathed, was actually um, breathed back into all of humanity. Now, when, so when we say self-existent, what we actually meaning in the context of this, you know, of what we're speaking about in the episode, to be self-existent also means to be self-determining. To be self so I'm just going to say that again, for those of you who are actually hearing this for the first time, to be self-existent means that you are self-determining. And therefore, every human being, every person that you identify as a member of the human race, actually the, the nature of their spirit is to be self-determining that the nature of the spirit is, is to be self-determining then the nature of the spirit establishes the right of self-determination does that make sense yeah so if we establish the, the, the right of self-determination it also it also means that especially as a believer who's come into the awareness of the self-determination of spirit it is not only the function of the believer but it's also an incumbent responsibility on the believer to respect the self-determining function and nature of all of humanity does that make sense mm -hmm. okay. and it is on that note in particular that i think that we should also speak about the elephant in the room what do you think that elephant in the room is? <laughs> <laughs> well, seeing that you're identifying that early episode in particular is tailored towards bringing context to how we should interact and engage or treat people of different sexual orientations, people who have chosen to identify with the different genders that are coming about and the different communities, such as, you know, you have the LGBTQ and so on. And, you know, many people or many christians or even those who are not christians but identifying themselves as believers find themselves caught in between a rock and a hard place because on one hand there's a lot of condemnation and a lot of um backing that are used scriptural backing such as the story of sodom and gomorrah mm -hmm. that is used to, to incite fear and condemnation right and a lot of people hold on to these things living a life of fear which well, is I'm, not the life we are called to. <laughs> well, actually, I, I'm, I'm going to hit this in three layers before we end mm -hmm. this episode. Let, let's hit that in three layers, right? Because the elephant in the room that I'm actually speaking about is the massive white elephant that stands in the middle of the living room. That is, of course, my symbolism to refer to the high level of antagonism of the so-called Christian believers, or the so-called Christians, the believers, or the so-called body of Christ, 
that is actually antagonizing the high-level antagonism of, of, of the so-called body of Christ against against perspectives that they are not in agreement with. And in the context of this episode, there's a high level of antagonism against the LBGTQ community. Mm-hmm. Th- this is the big elephant in the room. All right, well, let's hit this elephant down. Let's address it <laughs> one time. <laughs> so this is, this is actually, and I think this is necessary to address because whilst it has been considered to be something that is of God, what we're going to speak about here today is actually identifying that the approach that the westernized Christian community is taking to perspectives that they don't agree with is actually a representation of Satan and not of Christ. And I know for those of you actually tuning in and listening to this, that, that statement might be one that may cause a lot of men, um, mental dissonance. Mm-hmm. And it is not meant to be antagonistic against you. And so I, I encourage you to, 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 to give ear to what we are to what I'm about to unfold here, to unpack here in these three layers, not through the perspective of personal validation, but listen, but actually I encourage you to listen to the lens of from from the lens of functionality, meaning what, are, what we are about to talk about here, what we are about to highlight here is in no form or fashion an attack against your identity, but rather the functionality of your identity. And so, and so as, 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 as we listen, that, we, that I actually um, I encourage you to give air through function and understanding what it means to work out the name of Yahweh Yeshua or Yahweh Elohim Yeshua as a lifestyle and and we must if we are given the name this is the name that has been given to humanity and we are awakened as believers of christ in us then it is our highest responsibility as sons of god as priests of elohim to hold ourselves responsible to that name and to the nature and functionality of that name the way of life of that name does that make sense So let's hit the first level. Right. So the first level here in particular is what in continuation of what I was just saying. As the breath of life is breathed into humanity, and we are and, and, and as 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 the apostle Paul actually already stated that God has recognized, oh sorry, reconciled man to himself. And now it is now man's turn to reconcile himself, reconciled to recon to be to sorry, now it is man's turn to be to be reconciled to God, then the context of the nature of God, not only the nature of God in in man, but the nature of God in general, which in this context is to be self-determining, requires of us and requires of the body of Christ to respect the self-determining nature of everyone. And the high level of antagonism in particular against persons who are actually not in conformance to your doctrinal perspectives it's, and i say this with the most with, with the highest reverence for everyone's opinions but to to to, to do that to, to hold someone responsible to your doctrinal stance your doctrinal perspectives it's actually an act of oppression and therefore an act against god himself 
And you say naturally lens that so everybody, everyone, all of humanity bears the name, which is the breath. Bears the name. And even if all of humanity didn't bear the name, if you are actually a representation of God and taking on the name of God as yourself, for uh, um, as as your as 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 your title and living that one as a lifestyle. The nature of God must also be adhered to. And if God is self-existent and self-determining, if you've been a representation, must also be self-existent and self-determining and therefore respect, show self-existent and self-determining respect to all of humanity. Which means okay. that the decisions that persons make, and I'm saying this all rightly, and I'm saying this with, with some slight passion, because what is taking place is not an accurate representation of the name that we have taken and and, and taken an oath to walk out and to live out. And I'm saying this with a slight passion. What you're doing is actually an act of oppression. And therefore, in the equation, you have become the image and likeness of Satan, not the person that you don't agree with, but you. You have just changed your name from Yeshua to Satan. Mm -hmm. I know you're referring to anyone who actually antagonize people in, in who have made a self-existent um, or who have made a decision rather to identify with whichever community they choose whichever sexual orientation you're talking about the ones especially who are supposed to be walking in the name of yeshua in the name of christ antagonizing them they by doing that you're saying is are actually falling into the category of functioning satans functioning satans because what you are doing is disregarding not only the, the self-determining self nature of the breath of mm -hmm. life that is in them, but you also misrepresenting the self-determining nature of the, the God that you think that you are representing. Gotcha. The self-determining perspective and therefore not demonstrating self-determining respect for humanity. And for all of creation that's that's level one so that's one third of the elephant mm -hmm. i just take out of the room there right <laughs> <laughs> the second layer here in particular which which by the way by the way well let me leave that for the third point the second point in particular is the self-righteous use of the scriptures to impose upon the self-determining nature of others now you mentioned in particular that one of the things that that has been done in our westernized christian community is that um excerpts from the scriptures such as god's actions against Sodom and Gomorrah, which has been interpreted subjectively by the way to be an act of god against homosexuality is actually being used as justification to be antagonistic against other humanity one of the things in particular that we have to take into consideration is that the bible in particular is not meant to be read by the selection of verses as though you're reading con your constitution and reading each verse as being prescriptive the, Bi the bible is not written like that and when you read the, 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 the book of Genesis in particular, that is actually not prescriptive, but actually telling a story with intention. We're not going to get into all of that, all of that here today. But if you're telling a, a story with intention, 
then naturally we actually must read the narrative and follow the narrative and, and not only look at that that particular narrative but look at what the the, the, the priests and the and the prophets are actually seeing about this throughout the scriptures and one of the things that the scriptures have made clear is that god did not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of sexual orientation all of the prophets in particular list they make a list of things that is actually an expression of one thing a list of sins under the old under in the context of the old covenant in the content sorry through the lens of the old covenant there are list of things that were identified by the prophets in the in in in, in the old testament that justified the decision of god against his people and they were all in in actually they were all in expression of one thing you know that one thing was what's that simply that simply that it is stated in the scriptures that Solomon Mora sinned against Yahweh and what that means in particular is that in the old covenant prior to Moses all through the book of Genesis there is the presence of actually a group of people that are referred to as Enosh now Enosh was actually one of the sons of Seth but Enosh in Genesis chapter 4 is actually a name that is that is actually it actually comes with a definition. A definition of proofs of men who would take on the name of God as their own, which are actually identified in the old in, in the book of Genesis as priests. People, priests were actually a, a people that would take on the name of Yahweh as their own and walk out that name. And Solomon Gomorrah, if anybody in particular would care to do some research on this, Solomon Gomorrah in particular was actually initially a nation of priests. And this nation in particular turned against the priesthood. And in turning against the priesthood, they had a knowledge of Yahweh, turned against the, the perspective of Yahweh, and they begin to antagonize, abuse, and violate, even sexually, other priests. That would take on the name of yahweh as their own which was demonstrated when the three people that spoke to abraham uh, uh, to abraham on the on the plains of mamre which are translated uh it says that three men it actually identifies that these three men were three enosh these enosh that came who were priests taking on the name of yahweh as their own they went down into Sodom and gomorrah back then the, the priests that would accompany the high priest, they were also, they took on the titles angels. They referred to as, 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 as his angels. And they went down to Sodom and Gomorrah, and the men of Sodom and Gomorrah bypassed women and actually tried to try to sodomize these priests also. So the actions against Sodom and Gomorrah, to say that the actions against Sodom and Gomorrah were specific to homosexuality is a massive misconstruction misconception and a misconstruing of the reason for which Salomon Mora were actually eliminated. Salomon Mora were eliminated because they had a knowledge of Yahweh being a nation of priests and they went against the priesthood and began to antagonize. They, they, they went so far that they were, they, they were arrogant. They had no remorse. These men were determined in their hearts to do what they desired to do and, and they began to antagonize those that took on that lifestyle as their own. It's for that reason Solomon Gomorrah was actually destroyed. Homosexuality, to say that homosexuality is, is the reason is not only a misconstruing, but if you are familiar with this, you are manipulating scriptures. 
to fit your narrative. Mm -hmm. So from what I'm hearing, you're also identifying that these people actually had a covenant or contact with God that had something for them to hold themselves accountable to. And so it would be it would be simply dysfunctional to take that and apply it to everyone on the face of the earth now and say that this is how God deals with the matter on a regular basis or, or as a standard. I would not even say it is simply dysfunctional. It is gravely dysfunctional. Okay. Following. Gravely dysfunctional to actually use scripture like that that has context. Um, subjectively take it to justify your perspective and use it as a whip against others, holding them responsible to your perspectives and antagonizing and antagonizing them because they are not lining up to your convictions. Mm -hmm. Again, if you're doing that, you are presenting yourself as the, as the Satan in the equation. Right. Uh, you know, it's what you're saying there, it is really unfortunate that not many people understand that. Because you mentioned something a while ago that I think is very, very relevant. Not many people understand that the Bible actually has a particular theme and a message, a purpose, and a function. And because of that, a lot of people, even leaders, take verses out of the Bible, take a verse from here, take a verse from there, not following the context of it and say that this is what God will do or this is how God feels towards a particular situation. And then use that as a whip on someone's back and say that you are defying God and you are stepping into um, the pardonable sin and all of these different doctrines are taken out of this misunderstanding of the Bible. Right. And of course, it's done conveniently yeah, because there are verses that talk about cutting your hand off and plucking your eye out. And no, we don't see people taking that and applying it to themselves. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's only the verses that actually fit the convenience of a situation are used. And that would squarely fall into the category of manipulating or manipulating. Exactly. You actually fall in the category of manipulating scripture. It's yes, you fall in the category of manipulating scripture to be able to actually control the self-determining nature of another creature, of another creation. Exactly. Right. This is not representative of the Father, the God and Father of the Savior that you are actually saying is your Savior. Mm -hmm. That is not God. No. So that's the second third. Sorry, before I actually wrap up the second third in particular, one of the things in particular that is also misconstrued and taken into taken as a as justification for this level of antagonism and arrogance, because it is a grave form of self-righteousness, antagonism and arrogance to be able to, um, to do that. Is that the old testament in particular, the Bible, the laws of the Bible in particular. Um, are used also as justification and if anybody in particular is really serious about scripture and understanding the, co the context of the scriptures we know that the old covenant was not divine law given to all of humanity this covenant if you go back to exodus to exodus chapter 24 and you see that in exodus chapter 24 that this law was actually given to israel by agreement it right. was a contract the book of the law was a proposal that was made to Israel. Israel had to consider it. And then they agreed by saying, we will 
we will do this and then moses actually ratified the covenant by the blood of a bull to actually in to actually make the covenant legitimate and therefore only those who agreed to come into that contract self-determined self-determiningly agreed to come into the contract the contract started with and all through the old testament you had um, a criteria to meet to come into that contract for men you're supposed to be physically circumcised by birth to be to be, to be initiated and if you are a proselyte somebody who is not of the lineage of israel and you wanted to come into that contract then you needed to be physically circumcised even if you, you did it at age 50 you had to be physically circumcised to meet the criteria and then be baptized onto moses as the model of as as, as the actual model of how you walk out the name of yahweh which is why we know in the scripture it says if my people who are called by my name in particular they're actually supposed to use more you were supposed to use moses as a reference therefore no one here in our westernized culture have been baptized into that covenant nobody has actually met the criteria to enter that covenant and therefore to use that contract and i'm not even talking about people who are actually using the law as a reference point but if you have not come into the criteria to meet that covenant then you have no right referencing it and if and further if those persons who are actually chosen a different sexual orientation have chosen that reference point for you to refer to that law is an act of fraudulence in our modern day culture for you to use a covenant that they did not self-determiningly find themselves into and hold the criteria of that covenant as the as the as as the benchmark for them to be responsible to again that's an act of oppression right that right there is is the second third of the elephant <laughs> so what does he say there because we actually have about 15 minutes again remaining the last third of this in particular is the preaching of the gospel so we know in particular that the gospel is referred to as the gospel of god which is actually we know that that jesus said that god is spirit and therefore the gospel of god is the gospel of god's spirit i also mentioned in previous episodes in previous segments that we did that the gospel of god in our modern day culture is actually if that is translated it will actually be the dominion of elohim the kingdom of god is the dominion of elohim or the dominion of spirit right one of the one of the not one of the this is not one of the this is the only criteria the only criteria to preach the gospel is the use of signs and wonders to demonstrate the dominion of spirit the dominion of the breath that that carries the name of yahweh elohim through, through what yeshua has done therefore what the reason why i'm actually identifying this is simply to identify that what we have become what we have grown accustomed to in our westernized culture which is getting people to identify to 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 to, to um to believe that jesus is yahweh that yeshua is yahweh and um what we have grown accustomed to to actually influence people to identify yeshua as yahweh as to, to identify jesus as lord is actually the act the, the complete opposite of the one and only criteria to preach the gospel in our westernized culture 
we have grown accustomed to using tools of condemnation for persons to accept Yeshua as Lord. Mm-hmm. We've also, we also grown accustomed to using theological debates to convince persons that Yeshua is Lord. And those theological debates, because it is not based on soup on 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 the on the one and only criteria of, of signs and wonders, it is actually the only reference point that modern modern Westernized theology can use to prove that Yeshua is Lord is actually to argue his historicity, and in some cases, possibly some um some scientific references. If, if you are educated in that area, but mainly the historicity and the technicality of the scriptures. When I say technicality, we're talking about the, um, the semantics of the scriptures. Note, I'm, and I'm using that emphatically, the semantics of the scriptures, because most of Western astrology in particular are not actually approaching the scriptures through the lens of the authors. They're actually trying to interpret the scriptures by semantics. Right? And because of this in particular, theology in particular thrives. And now the person that is more, the the person is actually identified as a theologian. And qualified as a theologian is the person that is actually represented as authorities of Christ. If this, if Yeshua or any of the apostles arrived here today, and encountered any one of the any encountered what we know as westernized christianity they would think that we are pagans wow and i'm saying this and i'm saying this with the most respect but what i'm saying is the only criteria to actually preach gospel is to demonstrate christ and to preach the context of the scriptures through the lens of the priests as yeshua is a priest and even paul identified himself as preaching the gospel as a priest which means that the, the reason why the gospel is preached by signs and wonders, it is in high regard for the self-determining nature of all of humanity. You do not convince them or enslave their, your, their spirit to your perspective. What you do is actually demonstrate the power of the breath, the dominion of the breath, and that inspires them to consider that what you know, they want to know. So outside of that, where you have Christians actually taking the approach of condemnation and saying, well, what you are doing is wrong. So city drug addicts on the street, for example, I've seen people take the approach of, or the prostitute or whoever, saying what you're doing, you're living a bad lifestyle or a wrong lifestyle, and God does not approve of it. That is what here you're identifying is not the priestly approach that is not the priestly approach that is not christ's approach and christ will actually demonstrate this as a priest do you know that the priests in the scriptures were actually actually identified as witnesses yeah they were identified as witnesses meaning that they were the physical embodiment and demonstration of elohim and therefore by the demonstration they're actually witnessing what we call it in our in in what paul actually interpreted it to the uncircumcised community as is evangelism which means you demonstrate and that actually inspires person inspires persons to want to know how that is possible and to prove that yes yahweh what he did on the cross is true and real it's the only way to demonstrate it and therefore 
in doing in, in, and, and therefore to preach the gospel in, in any other way is creating another gospel. And I'm saying this, I'm not this is not in any form or fashion an attack, but this is actually saying I'm actually addressing this from the perspective of functionality. It is it is not in any form or fashion an act of aggression against those who are theologians or against those who, who believe in Yeshua as God. And nor is it condemnation to anyone who actually stood or, or maybe standing in that conviction. I am questioning. And I mean, this is actually an act of inspir inspiration for you to question your approach and question whether you are respecting the self-determining nature of all of humanity. And if God is love, and love in the scriptures is equated with equity, are you respecting uh, or are you approaching humanity with equity or are you approaching them from the perspective of superiority and therefore self-righteousness wow this is amazing and you know i just like to say actually we're getting close to our close of time here so in conclusion wait, wait, before or... we conclude i just want to say one more thing let me just stick this let me just insert point um layer 3b <laughs> because we just removed layer three from the room mm -hmm. so the elephant to, to take the elephant out of the room you know this is layer 3b one of the things in particular that we have actually used as justification to correct others is actually reading the apostle paul and his correction to other churches it's very important as we actually bring that into context paul himself in the letter to the Roman says that you have no right correcting another man's servant which means you have no right connecting another brother another believer in the context of the scriptures Paul was in the position to actually write letters of correction to other to, to, um, to, to communities of believers simply because he in the context of the narratives of, of, of his of, of his um, of his of his era and, and atmosphere was actually recognized by other churches by other by other communities as a rabbinical authority somebody who can who, who can actually look to to get information from which means paul totally respects the self-existent and the self-determining nature of all of humanity and the only person that he exercises the the right to correct would be those who self-determiningly subject themselves voluntarily i'm using this for emphasis um submit themselves to his understanding of scriptures and for and for learning and and if you can and if and if you're actually submitting yourself as a as a son as a disciple of this rabbi then you are actually given them the responsibility to correct you everyone who's all on every one of those correction letters are written to communities of persons that sought paul's perspective for correction for better functionality of their communities in the name of christ Yeshua. that means that in our modern day culture we have used what paul has said and one and paul's approach as a tool of of um of condescension using as a, as a tool of condescension and if you do not have any one of those persons that you're seeing in society as one of your disciples 
as someone who is submitting to you for understanding and for and for guidance to walk out the name in the way that they should walk out the name then you are now again an oppressor a lovely example that comes to my mind is in our schooling system for example we have the children in different classes and different teachers who are appointed stewards over the children <laughs> and it just ran on my mind it is equivalent to let's say my child attending a particular school and a teacher from another institute comes and attempts to correct him <laughs> on what is right and what is wrong or what is dysfunctional and what is functional that will be considered oppression because we do not have an agreement there's no arrangement between us so exactly. therefore that person taking up that responsibility without an agreement is they are either controlling or attempting to jump circles jump into places where it don't belong exactly and you know if we won't practice that with our school in some for example why do we do that why is it so present why are we doing that in, in open society yeah yeah in open society <laughs> and in lives you know why it doesn't really make sense because god is usually interpreted through the lens of a moral god so one in one in particular one in one of the things in particular that we're actually looking at here is even in our modern society only the police has the right to correct another citizen mm -hmm. somebody who's given authority by the government to do that you can't actually go and correct another citizen you are being disrespectful and you are actually imposing upon the citizens rights in truth yeah it is that citizen that citizen's responsibility the same to the same authority that you're responsible to if there's anything there that has to take place you need to report that to an authority exactly but even amongst the believers we actually think that we can the believers the westernized christian community has assumed the authority to impose their perspectives upon other self-determining nature god is love god is equity <laughs> and if you're not demonstrating the equity of god to all humanity then you're not representing god you're representing hate and therefore you're representing the image and likeness of satan right one of the things i'd like to encourage our listeners anyone who has been a victim of that meaning someone has taken the authority that you have never given them to suit what is what they think is right or what they think is wrong upon you in a condemning way i encourage or you would do encourage to liberate yourself from them if you have not given them that permission then you're not bound to their perspective and furthermore what we shared here i hope it brings context as to what is god's perspective on these elephants in the room that we discussed you know the whole topics of um homosexuality and the different communities yahweh is equity and he respects the self-existent right of everyone 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 so whether you choose whether you were female and you choose to identify as a different gender or male as a different gender yahweh elohim is equity and th there's one more thing in particular that i just like to end and conclude this with if there is no law and nobody is actually voluntarily submitting themselves to that contract there is no law then you are not permitted to tell anybody that they are wrong mm -hmm. their decision in their self-determining nature will always be right 
everybody's decision is correct because they're actually functioning in their self-determining nature you do not have the right to go and tell anyone that they're wrong this the gospel is actually demonstration to bring humanity into the divine nature keep it there to inspire persons to want to function divinely to function supernaturally and to live eternal life you do not have the right to go and tell anybody that they're wrong indeed so food for thought so this actually brings us to the one hour mark see yes we encourage everyone if you want to check us out you can go to our website www.internationalinstituteofnewmythology.com and you can get more information as to where we can be found and so on through that link yeah blessings and much love and we we'll see you all next wednesday boom Thank you.